Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. Growing up in a small rural Vermont town meant that my household didn't have a lot of money, but we still shared everything that we had with our extended family. That included letting my aunt and uncle and cousin move in with us when they got evicted from their house, and everything was just fine, until the crying started. For two years, from age 12 to age 14, I had to share a room with my little cousin Katie, It wasn't all bad since she was close enough to my age that she wasn't a total pest, but I hated the blackout curtains that we had to hang so that any outside light didn't keep her up at night. I love seeing the moonlight filter through the screen in the summer and I missed that once Katie moved in. It was the second year that they'd been living with us when the crime began. At first I thought it was Katie just sobbing quietly when she thought that I was asleep, which made sense to me because she had just gotten dumped a few days before. I figured that she didn't want to talk because she was ashamed of being the one that got dumped, or she was still just too heartbroken. Over the next few weeks, however, I began realizing that it was coming from different places within our room at night. I couldn't understand why Katie was continuing to cry so much, and any time I asked her about it, she just looked scared and shook her head. I thought that something else had happened between her and her ex-boyfriend, but she just wouldn't talk to me. I told my mum and my aunt one night while Katie was out at her friend Bree's house, but they just kind of shrugged it off and said that we were going through a rough time or something. My slightly drunk aunt joked that it was probably Katie at night crying because my fashion sense was so bad and that maybe we should try a nightlight if we were going to be babies. I ignored her though and decided that I was done with the whole thing at this point. Things came to a head though about a month later after I talked to my mum and my aunt. So, I was trying to sleep one night, my CD player earbuds lodged firmly into my ears when I felt a gentle tug on my pajama top sleeve. I removed the earbuds, turning my face to Katie, even though I couldn't actually see her in the darkness, and I said, Huh? What's up? Instead of an answer, all I got was a a sniffle. And before I knew what was happening, Katie had crawled into my bed and curled up next to me. This was so out of character for her that I honestly didn't even question it. I just gently stroked her hair. She quieted down after a bit and I covered her with my spare blanket because she was so cold. I must have fallen asleep at some point because I woke up to Katie moving around next to me. She leaned over, her soft whisper barely reaching my ears. Run, the one who got me is 
is coming for you. I had no idea what she meant, but I felt her get off the bed and then everything was still and silent again. I strained my eyes to make her out in the pitch black darkness, but with the blackout curtains, I couldn't tell where she had gone. What? Katie? Who's coming? You're creeping me out. She never responded. But then, a primordial growl just sliced through the quiet, and a white-hot pain blurred my senses. I screamed as wet, warm liquid ran down my face, and a single hand snaked its way through my throat. I tried to kick out at Katie, but my feet didn't seem to be able to connect with anything. The air was rapidly getting squeezed from my lungs, and no matter how hard I tried, it was impossible for me to tear free of the vice-like hand. I was about to pass out when my door was flung open and my father stood there. The hand had released my throat at this point, and after a moment of catching my breath, I realized that it was just my father and I in my room. He shouted to my mum to call an ambulance. He then tried asking me what happened. I frantically begged him to search the room, but there was no one else in there. There wasn't even a closet to hide in, and the window was locked from the inside. I ended up passing out from losing so much blood, and I actually also lost my left eye that night. The doctors tried to blame it on a mixture of sleep paralysis, nightmares, and accidental self-harm. But at 120 pounds and no muscle, even my parents didn't believe that explanation. But we moved out of that house immediately after that, since none of us felt comfortable there anymore. On the night that I lost my eye, Katie came to see me in the intensive care unit as soon as her mum picked her up from her new boyfriend's house. I was almost asleep in bed, and I remember her leaning over and whispering to me, her voice heavy with sorrow, I'm so sorry, cuz. I wish I could have been there to help you. Even in my drug-induced, mostly sleep state, it struck me that her whisper didn't sound at all like the one that tried to warn me about the attack. I never did have another strange experience again after that, and when we moved, I even got my own room. Since then, I've never failed to make sure that there's some sort of light on in the room, and on those rare nights when I hear crying, I always make sure to leave the house for a while. I never did figure out who warned me or why they did it, but I'm forever grateful to them. If they hadn't have woken me when they did, I honestly believe that I would have been caught too off guard to fight back at all, and I would have lost more than just my eye. I am so thankful to still be breathing, and I make sure to always whisper goodnight to my unseen saviour. To start this out, for the past like 10 years I'd say, I've always heard someone saying my name, footsteps, random perfume, etc. So my mum had always told me that it was just my grandma and I thought nothing of it. New Year's around 2009, I'm like 6 and I wake up to someone caressing my hand. Not in like a weird way but kind of comforting. So I told my mum about it and she said that it was just my grandma checking in on me since I had never been able to meet her. I would randomly see my grandma in my dreams too and I would always wake up in a good mood. Also, my grandpa from my dad's side died in a plane accident before I was even born so again I never got to meet him. So I was out in the garage with my dad the other night and I started hearing his tools start moving. My grandpa was an avionic mechanic and loved all of this mechanic stuff, so I told my dad and he started joking about how it's my grandpa helping me out with my car. I have lights turning on and off all the time and doors opening and closing, but I don't really have any problems with that, but now it's just starting to get weird. A couple of nights ago, I had my nieces staying at my house, both of which are around two. They were staring off into the corner while I'm watching TV, so I asked them what they're staring at. And at the same time, they say, the dark man in the corner. And at this, I almost crap myself. So I asked them to show me what he looked like, so they're drawing pictures of him, and it's a really scary picture. He has no eyes, his bottom jaw is gone, and half his head is missing. 
So I looked into the history of my house and apparently there was a man here in the early 1990s who ended himself by a gunshot. So I was sketched out already, but then last night I was laying with my best friend on my couch and I have my head in his lap. My niece runs up to me and smacks me as hard as she can and says, Why can't you just get out already? In this deep and really scary voice. And at this, I started freaking out and crying and my dad is telling me that it's nothing, but I don't know what to do. All three mirrors in my room were shattered while I was at school today and my room was completely destroyed upon coming home. I asked my parents and no one was home today. No one even came into my room. We checked the security cameras and no one ever came in, but you can very clearly hear footsteps and things in my room just crashing. I really don't know what to do and I could desperately use some help right now. People keep telling me to ask someone for help. I know it sounds weird, but the original exorcist house is three houses away from mine too. Everyone I've talked to tells me that it could be that energy coming to my house because I'm young and everyone else near me is really old with little energy or something. So I've decided to try and find someone to help me get rid of it. It's almost impossible though because, well, basically no one believes me. Whatever is there though, I'm guessing, has been there for quite some time. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Let me start off by saying that I've had quite a few experiences with odd things happening when I was a kid, probably ranging from ages 12 to 6 I would guess, and I'll only be sharing the ones that I vividly remember. Note too that I just want to state that I've only told people close to me about these experiences, but figured that I'd finally ask about these things on something public due to recently seeing a shadow man again. I'd like to add too that my experiences that I list here aren't just involving shadow men but other weird encounters too. So the first encounter that I could remember vividly was one day my parents and I were sitting on the couch watching television. This was sometime in the 90s and I was about 12 years old and it was daylight out about 4pm or 5pm. The couches were in a backwards L shape and the television was in the corner of the room where the couches had the opening. We were all sitting on the couch on the bottom portion of the backwards L shape. There was a bookshelf behind the other couch and it held things like books and little trinkets that my mum kept to display. Ceramic stuff and pictures, stuff like that. And one particular photo was of myself as an infant, newly born at the hospital. It was of my mum holding me and my dad embracing my mum with all of us facing the camera. And this framed photo literally just pushed forward off the top shelf. And it wasn't like it fell forward. It was like something held it steady and straight for a few seconds and then just dropped it. 
there were no animals that I could tell. We didn't own any indoor pets until a year or two later as well. And it honestly spooked us, and I remember my dad rushing over to it because of all the glass that shattered, while my mum went to find the broom and the dustpan in the kitchen closet. I was now on the couch closest to the shelf, standing on it and peering over. And when my dad picked up the photo, which was facing down at the time, there was a line of small dead bugs forming a line over my mum's wrist, like a bracelet, dried and stuck on the photo. But my dad showed it to my mum and it creeped us all out pretty bad. I'd also like to note that we're firm believers of the paranormal things. The next encounter I had was in a house that my dad had gotten built. So it was a new house and we'd been living there for about a year. And the rest of my experiences until recently have all taken place in this house as well. So one night I was home alone. My parents and I were surfers but I had recently picked up skateboarding and didn't go with them much anymore and went with my friend skateboarding instead. I was on the computer in a chat room talking to friends. It was already night time. I don't remember the exact time but it was dark out. So the computer desk was located in the living room but against the wall. To my right was a hallway that if you went down it, the right door was my bedroom and the left door was the bathroom. While I was on the computer, I had this just uneasy feeling like I was being watched and sure enough from the corner of my eye, I saw a shadow man peek out from the topside portion of the doorframe of the bathroom. But because it peeked out from the upper part of the doorframe, I always assumed that he was tall. But I stood up quickly, looked and it was gone. I was spooked, I must admit, but I didn't feel too scared or that I was in any sort of danger or anything. The next encounter, though, was a few days after this. I fell asleep, and I don't know if this is real or just a dream, but again, I was home alone, sleeping on the couch in the living room. It was night outside, from what I remember, and I woke up and stood up from the couch. I was going to go to the computer and then got that weird feeling again. So as I stood in front of the computer desk, I looked towards the bathroom door and nothing was there. When I turned around, almost immediately, this hooded shadow figure was floating. I want to note as well that the first shadow man that I saw a few days prior to this event was not hooded. But it came from my parents' bedroom and flew really fast towards me. I was so scared that I fell backwards and I remember it passing above me and then it was just gone. And then I felt like I woke up but was laying on the floor but unlike the last encounter, I was legitimately frightened. Another encounter I had, I can't give an exact age or date but I was already living in this house that I kept experiencing these things in. I had sleep paralysis and again I was sleeping on the same couch and my dad was on the computer. I remember being in this sleep paralysis state, if that's what you call it but it felt like someone was holding me down, like pushing me down into the couch. I looked towards the computer and saw my dad there, just browsing the internet. And then when I looked down to see what was holding me down, I saw six little demon kind of gargoyle-looking creatures. But the reason I say demons or gargoyles too is because they were all horned and had wings and were the color of stone, I suppose. But they didn't feel like rock or stone. They were each on the opposite sides of me, two holding my chest, two holding my arms, and two holding down my legs. I was obviously terrified and I couldn't move, so I just closed my eyes and waited for it to end, and when it did, my dad was still on the computer, and other than feeling frightened, I wasn't harmed or didn't have any ill effects. Now, the absolutely weirdest encounter... And every time I talk about this with my parents or people close to me, my hair just stands and I get watery-eyed because I feel like it actually really affected me. It was one night, again about 2am or 3am, my parents were sleeping in their room. I was sleeping on the couch. I slept on the couch a lot as a teen because it was always hot in my room due to not having an AC vent in it. But I awoke in near pitch black darkness and there was a little hooded person standing right next to me. I didn't feel stunned or scared. I couldn't get a good look at its face, but I do remember it having large eyes and a very smooth face. I almost want to say alien-like, but I don't know what it was. It extended its hand towards me and never said anything, but I felt this calm feeling and I took its hand. 
It helped me up from the couch and when I stood up I saw other beings identical to it. Other than the one holding my hand, there was one in the hallway where the bathroom and my room were. There was one in the kitchen, crawling on the ground for some reason. There was one behind me, looking at the house decorations my mum had put up. Then, another one that was at my parents' bedroom door. I want to state too that it was weird, but I didn't feel scared, but just absolutely calm. The being holding my hand took me to the back door and all I remember was opening the back door and then just this bright white light taking over my vision. I don't remember anything between this time and me coming back into the house from the front door, but the little person still holding my hand led me towards the wall where my parents' door was attached to. I remember it letting go of my hand and as it did so, I looked upwards and then it just felt like I woke up. And what startled me was... I wasn't expecting to be standing and I immediately just crumpled to the ground, my legs feeling completely wobbly. On the way, I hit my head against the wall pretty hard. My parents' house's interior is all drywall, so it was hollow and loud. And I remember as I just laid there, I saw my parents run out of their room and upon seeing me on the ground, a look of horror on their faces. I told them about what happened and I believe it was the final straw for them so they asked a preacher from their church to come and bless the house. I'd like to state that I've told my parents about each encounter that I've had when it happened too so they knew weird stuff was going on at this point. And ever since the house was blessed I never experienced anything too weird again in that house. I eventually moved out and on with my life, moved around quite a bit, I was in the military for a while. And well, recently, about 20 years later, I think, I was in the kitchen at night, about 2am, and not in the house that I grew up in, but the current house that I live in thousands of miles away, pouring myself a glass of milk, when, from the corner of my eye, I saw this tall shadow man, well above six feet in height. It spooked me because I saw it raise its hand from the corner of my eye, as if it was reaching for something, not towards me though. And my first thought wasn't that it was a shadow man, but that it was a home intruder because I saw it so vividly from the corner of my eye. When I turned to face that direction, it just completely vanished. And the hair stood up on my arms immediately because it reminded me of my previous weird encounters that I've had in my life. And so, this is what's made me share these things publicly. To ask if anyone has had anything similar happen to them or what people think these encounters could be, or even why I'm encountering these things, especially since I haven't really had anything too weird happen in like 20 years. I would also like to add too that I have a small dog that sleeps with my wife and I on our bed, and sometimes around 2am or 3am again, he would just start growling and looking upwards towards the corner of the room where our door is. We never see anything, but my dog isn't really a barker and is super, super friendly. He's a little Boston Terrier that just loves people. And so, whatever he's seeing has to be spooking him pretty badly. My mother had recently gotten proposed to by her boyfriend, Dan. Dan is a six foot tall man, my mother was around 5'4", and me, being the shortest female in the family, just came short of 5'2". Keep in mind that I am not very built either. So Dan and my mum have always wanted an outdoor wedding in the forest in northern Arizona. They'd set aside a weekend where they would go look at a campground and place it to have the wedding take place. But they invited me to go with them on this trip to help pick out some spots and without hesitation I agreed because I loved going up north. So we packed up the car with all the camping stuff and we took off. My mum had told me that I'd be sleeping in my own tent and she was giving me a gun because it was bear season. Dan and I looked at each other and kind of laughed knowing that we wouldn't see anything like a bear but more likely a mountain lion but even then it was pretty far-fetched to see anything. It was a long drive since we lived in the middle of Phoenix, but I didn't mind since I had a lot of games on my phone and food to snack on on the way up. After a few disappointing locations, we finally found the perfect spot though on a mountain just after the ghost town named Jerome. It's well known for its haunted hotels and creepy vibes. I'm big into ghosts and would love to sleep in the hotels one weekend, but that's not the point of this story, so we'll leave that for another day. 
so we set up camp and did a bit of hiking until sundown, about 6.30 to be exact. We began to head back as I stopped dead in my tracks though, because I could smell something rotting as if something was killed and left to rot on the side of the trail. Dan looked at me and asked if I was okay. I looked up at him and nodded and we continued back at this point. As we walked, the smell got stronger though, so I built up the confidence and asked, Hey, do you guys smell that? Dan looked at my mum and then me and said, Uh, yeah, it could be an animal that could have died and we just haven't noticed it before. Oddly, he seemed confident but hesitant in his response to me. I nodded and we continued though up the trail. After a while though, the smell faded and we got to the campsite where we ate and talked till about 9 o'clock at night. Since I didn't have any charge on my phone to stay up longer, I fell asleep shortly after crawling under my sleeping bags and blankets. But I slowly woke up to the same smell from the trail, but this time stronger. As if whatever was rotting was laying in the tent with me. Covering my nose with my blanket, I grabbed my phone for the flashlight, but... I quickly remembered that it was dead. So I sat up frustrated and went to unzip my tent to get a flashlight from the car but was stopped in my tracks. I could hear something just outside of my tent walking around. Being a bit shaken by the sudden noise outside of my tent, I tried to reason with myself that it was probably just a small animal like a rabbit or something wandering around for food. But this was something much heavier. Remembering what my mum said about bears, I reached for the gun that was in my tent, only to realise that I forgot it in the damn car. As my anxiety began to build and the rotting odour began to grow, I softly called out for my mum, hoping that she could hear me. But there was no response. I tried a few more times before giving up because I was only getting silence in response. I tried being quiet as my eyes adjusted to the darkness and that was when I finally saw it. Something tall was standing on its hind legs just outside of my tent. And my first thought was, oh my goodness, there's a bear outside of my tent. But as my eyes adjusted more and more, the moonlight began to get brighter and I could see that it was just way too skinny to be a bear. It was really slim and tall and surprisingly quiet too. As I've said before, I'm a 5'2 female and this thing just towered over me. I was scrambling my brain trying to think of what this thing was when it finally hit me. My friend would tell me stories about the Wendigo and how it smelled like rotting flesh and that it was really tall and although I couldn't see this thing completely, that was what came to mind. I began to fear for my life as I could see this thing just standing there. I tried to hush my breathing and not to move to alert this thing that was just standing there. And as I sat there, the worst thoughts went through my mind that this thing knows where I am and it was going to eat me or something. As my mind was racing, it took two steps in the other direction, or what seemed like the other direction, to turn its head to my tent. But the only thing going through my brain was, oh crap and it felt like an eternity that this thing just stared in my direction before it slowly went back the way it came. I waited for about 20 minutes before I slowly began to breathe like normal again and plopped back onto my blankets. Obviously, I didn't sleep that night, and when daybreak came, I told my mum and Dan straight away what happened. But, of course, they brushed it off and said it was nothing. We did pack our things and took off after that, and as we were getting back into the car, the rotting flesh smell came back really strong. The panic shot through my veins again, and as we drove off with me at the edge of my seat, my mum turned to Dan and said, Yeah, that smell was definitely a deal breaker. I guess we'll just have to find another spot, hey? I sighed in relief that I'll never be going back there again to encounter that thing. Or, heaven forbid, have anyone from the wedding have that happen to them. It was around 20 years ago when this happened. So, I grew up next to a 
well, let's just say a very creepy 300 to 400 acre forested area in Middle Tien, USA, for some location context. Apparently, it used to belong to a family of freed slaves way back when, which is now still owned and undeveloped except for some really old dilapidated and decomposing structures sporadically scattered across it from when it was occupied by the original family. My brothers and I used to go hiking into the woods and found these places, but we stopped because, well, that part comes later. For some clarity though, I mean an old farmhouse, a smokehouse, and on the border of the property line in the wooded area behind my old house was a really rickety old house. Think little house on the prairie or old Amish style and you got the picture if you age it about 150 plus years. So my old house, which was on kind of an elevation with the backyard sloping to the wooded property line bordering said creepy 300 acre wood. The neighborhood I was in was basically bordering the forest along this property line, along with the houses facing the street with the backyards bordering the forest line that was kind of hidden by a solid line of underbrush and very mature trees. So, with that out of the way, here's the memories that I have and why I'm here. Maybe someone can point me in the right direction, I don't know, but this is what happened. So keep in mind that in the forest, there are no roads and no inhabited houses, nothing built or done to this area because of a land division dispute and some will or deed problems with the family who owns the land, and apparently has been that way for 150 plus years. So it's pretty much just forest is what I'm getting at. My sister and I were out playing in our backyard near the property line where the creepy ass falling down little prairie looking house was when she spotted a, an old woman in the old dilapidated house behind the edge of the property line. When the front of the house was broken down and you could see clearly into it and it had two stories. It was kind of like a, a cut away from a dollhouse where you can take off the front and see all the rooms. So this 70 to 80 year old woman was just sitting on a green lawn chair watching us from the second story loft. Well, we were young, maybe 7 to 8 years old, so we didn't really notice some of the more peculiar aspects of this scene. But we'd been playing for a few hours and would have seen someone walk by carrying a green lawn chair because we had a clear view of the old house and you couldn't really get to it unless you either came up from our yard or you hiked through a crap load of woods. And an elderly woman dragged a lawn chair up a rotted out ladder to the second story of a rotted out loft and was just chilling and watching me and my sister? I don't think so. But of course, my sister goes and says hi. She finds out that she speaks and said that she used to live in that house a long time ago. She looked fairly normal for an old person, but the face was indistinct to me, like I couldn't really get a solid look at it for some reason. I got uncomfortable at this and we said goodbye to the creepy old lady and left when I basically grabbed my sister and we went back to the house. Now, this all bothers me because no one has lived or been doing anything in this area of the forest for over 150 years. And no one could have or should have been living there. There's no records of it or anything. Also, I know for a fact that there was no roads or trails or anything going to that old house. Even now, thanks to Google Earth, I can confirm this. So then, how did this old woman just appear and disappear like she did? Because as we were walking back to the house, I glanced back at the property line about 80 yards back to the old house. And the green chair was there, but there was no old lady. She didn't pass by us, didn't hear her climb down, nothing. I had a clear line of sight early afternoon, no overcast and it was well lit, but she was just gone. I did some research from when I had to sell stuff door to door for school and whatnot. Couldn't find a similar person on my street or even the next one over in the neighborhood. So yeah, to this day I have no clue what happened that day. The second event happened uh, maybe a few times to me in middle school, but sometimes when I was walking home from the bus stop at the end of the street, with the tree line and the underbrush along the backyards of the houses that bordered the creepy forest, started to have like glowing red dots in sporadic clusters and resembled to me like tiny little orbs of red dull light that appeared along the underbrush and followed me home. I thought it was maybe berries, but no... I hiked through the area with my brothers and 
There's no berries or pretty much red anything ever in there. Not holly or seasonal fruiting bushes or animals because we had some squirrels, foxes and deer, but that was about it. I couldn't explain it then and I still can't now. I just remember running home whenever I saw the lights in the underbrush along the tree line appear and hide in my house as fast as I could. One time I was brave enough to go up to the bushes as well. The light just disappeared before I even got close. No sound, no wind, nothing but a kind of cold chill I suppose. Which at the time was weird because it was late spring or early autumn when it happened to me and it stays pretty dang warm usually. I could never find any evidence as to what it was though. No berries or critters or some wackadoo waving around red Christmas lights or anything. This memory still gets me a bit. And the third memory I have is I always felt like I was just being watched. So my old house was, well, old, 30 years or so I suppose. Never really got the cold spots or other classic signs someone is making stuff up about having a paranormal encounter but every now and then when I was alone in my old house, usually the basement or occasionally outside in the woods, I got the sensation that something or someone else was just there and every time before I felt that sensation, I started to get afraid. A little first, but it would continue and I'd be in a full mad dash away in full adrenaline mode whenever I realized what I was feeling. This happened more than I liked, I hated it and I thought I was losing my mind to be honest with you guys. Mind you, I didn't do any drugs, prescribed or otherwise. I didn't start drinking until college and I just honestly couldn't explain it. And it didn't fit panic attack symptoms or anything like that. I've been checked out numerous times and looked at my medical records and couldn't find anything to explain it from a biological perspective. And it was just really weird. Anyway... I got a few more jarring memories, but these are the ones that I'll share for now because this has become pretty long. If I get any interest, I may post the rest and what eventually happened with everything that went down. But thanks for listening. So this happened two days ago and I've been racking my brain over this trying to explain it, but I just can't seem to come up with an explanation. So, I took my bike down a trail in a state park in the southeastern United States. When I first started on the trail, I saw other people and the trail was fairly well worn. I went further until I noticed the trail was starting to be less and less traveled. I go hiking and biking a lot and quite often by myself, and I've never got uncomfortable or uneasy until this time. As I kept going forward, I just started to feel like I was being watched. Now alone in the woods, I'm thinking that there could be a number of animals scoping me out. A few minutes later and I reach a small gate to allow bikers and hikers through. This was basically a property line of sorts, saying leave the current park and enter a different park. I'm absolutely alone and nobody else is around. The trail beyond this looked even less travelled and I'm not very maintained. I also had no idea where it would actually take me, so due to that, and the fact that I was already feeling like I was being watched, I decided that I should just turn around. I begin heading back the way that I came, but now the uneasy feeling just starts to intensify and continues to just get worse as I go. I'm riding back at around 5 to 10 miles per hour, and there is a distance of around 50 feet tree line to tree line with the trail in the center. Out of nowhere though, something makes a large sound right behind me, so close that it had to be just beyond my tire. It sounded like something large and heavy jumping and landing right there. I freak out and whip my head around to see what it was, but when I did, there was nothing. I scanned the tree line to see if I could see any animals, but there was nothing there either. And at that point, I was too freaked out to stop or investigate and pedaled as fast as I could out of there. I continued looking back behind me every few seconds and once I was out of the trail I started to think about it more. But the more I think about it, just the less I know what it was. I'm not ruling out an animal at this point. The only ones that could possibly be capable of something like this though would be a bobcat or maybe a panther or something. 
However, I feel like I would have been able to see either of those animals running off into the tree line, or at least disturbances where they were. I'm really sharing this to see if anyone has had a similar experience or knows what it could have been. I would also like to mention too that when I say freak out, I mean that I've never had something scare me like that. I had goosebumps from just head to toe and the adrenaline just hit me immediately. So for some background, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I know an entity who I called Spirit. He used to always be around me when I was a kid, which is when this story takes place. Spirit was my imaginary friend as a child, but he was different from any other imaginary friends that I had. I didn't need to think of any responses for him. He was completely opaque, and when I woke up at night, groggy as all hell, he'd always be asleep next to me. He was kind of like his own thing, more reality than imagination as a kid. I knew this too, and I suspected that he was something otherworldly, not a ghost, but like a, a guardian angel maybe. He was the only paranormal entity that I'd ever met, so you can imagine the excitement I felt at around age 8 when my friend told me about the Ouija board. I explained the Ouija board to Spirit and immediately said that I was going to make my own so that we could communicate in another way. Now, imagine your child asks you if you can play with Billy, and when you ask who is Billy, he says that Billy's the man in the white van who play wrestles with him. The face you'd make is the exact expression that Spirit made. He said, but we're already talking right now. Why do we need that if we just talk just fine like this? I basically said that I wanted to see him manipulate something in the real world for once, since he never moved anything around like a stereotypical paranormal person would. He argued that there was no need for him to do that. I stated adamantly though that it'd be fun to talk through the Ouija board. He grabbed me by the shoulders, looked at me in horror, and said verbatim, Listen, if you use that board, that won't be me that you're talking to. And now... I was scared half to death. I asked him, What do you mean? It'll be something else. Something darker. And to this day, I've never used one of those things. That conversation scared just the absolute crap out of me. And I'd advise that you too do the same. I've never had any bad paranormal encounters, but I don't think a Ouija board could ever give you a good experience. A harmless experience? Maybe, but I highly doubt that it's worth the risk. Let me give you guys a little bit of background first. I'm an 18-year-old male, I'm 5'10", and I'm not the biggest guy, and I've been hearing and seeing things since I was 6. This story takes place in the fourth house that I lived in, currently in my fifth, and was where the activity really picked up and actually scared me pretty much half to death. But to the best of my recollection, my first accounts of the paranormal was when I was six years old and I heard footsteps in and around me when I would be in the basement and then something had grabbed a pile of papers of my drawings off my dresser in my room and threw me against the adjacent wall. It didn't help that my aunt had a dark entity in her basement who took the form of a large imposing man as well. I never saw him, but apparently my cousins did. And if we stand to be down there for more than a minute, we would just sprint back up the stairs. This all took place in my second house. Then, in my third house when I was 12 or so, the visual phenomenon started to occur. It was here where I saw doors open and close, shadow figures on two occasions and an apparition, a tall and lanky male in a striped shirt and jeans in the corner of my eye. But after that, the occurrence just stopped for years. I honestly thought that I wouldn't see anything again, but I have never been so wrong in my life. So it was about two years after I moved into my third house, 2017. I was about 17 at the time. So I had an unfinished basement, concrete walls, no drywall, and completely open area. In this basement, there were three light bulbs. The shape of the basement was almost a deformed kind of O shape, and the lights were placed at the ends of the U and one at the middle. 
and so whenever I went to work out in the basement, only the light bulb in the space in front of me, or one of the end ones, would start to flicker or flash, sometimes fast, other times not. It would only happen when I stepped into the treadmill and would keep going until I just stepped completely off, even if the treadmill was off. Then I would occasionally see a shadow in that space when I wasn't moving. This shadow would pick its head up from the boxes and then duck back after I'd noticed. And my cat, I have two, would also look over and sometimes look into a space as if someone was just standing somewhere. However, these lights were the occurrences that led up to what happened next. So, it was a Sunday night in summer at about 1am or later I'd say. I was watching comedy YouTube videos and working on pieces of digital art. Art is the way that I make a little bit of income. Out of habit, and also so I can hear my family if they call me whenever, I had my headphones off of one ear and it was pretty much dead silent. My cats were with me at the time and both were asleep next to me, and it was after a little while that I hear a blood-curdling scream as if murder had just occurred downstairs. Only a few seconds after the scream and taking my headphones off, I heard a woman's voice. Now, to my best recollection, the voice of the woman was corresponding to the scream and said, Why are you screaming? So, I'm practically floored and I have to investigate, obviously. I walk out of my bedroom and down the hall to the loft area and the staircase. At first, I tried to rationalize that maybe my sister had had a nightmare and my mum woke up and was checking on her. So, I checked her room, which was upstairs, and lo and behold... My little sister was just laying in bed, asleep, having passed out while watching makeup tutorials or something. Officially creeped out, I head to the stairs and lean over the railing. And I'm just met with complete and utter darkness. There were no lights on, no glow from the TV, nothing. At this point, I'm just a mix of confused and concerned, but will myself to just go back down to my room. So I settled back down into my bed and continued on with the commission that I was on, but this time I kept my headphones off and worked in silence, my senses definitely on high alert now. And it was about 15 minutes or so before the activity continued. Surprisingly loud footsteps started up the carpeted stairs and up into the loft area, and it was then that I'm pretty sure I paled a few shades. A male voice sounded from the left and I could tell it wasn't my dad, and it definitely wasn't me, so I go into protective mode since, unlike my room, my little sister's room is accessible from the loft. I grabbed the only weapon I had in my room, a switchblade, as I thought that a possible intruder was in the house. I texted one of my exes, we're all still friends, who was still awake in the group chat that we had. I told him what was going on and that if I didn't answer in a certain time frame, saying that it was okay, to quickly call the police. So, I searched the house, quietly and without trying to make too much noise, and I just couldn't find anything, or anyone. I looked on all the levels of the house and looked to see if there was a car outside, if the doors were open, a, a window cracked, anything. But there were no signs of any intrusion. These events were definitely creepy, but were only the starting point of what was to come. So, as the months passed, there was the usual flickering and shadow in the basement, but I just figured that the light was just a wiring issue and was trying to be logical about it. That was, until it started answering questions. So I was messing around once after I was working out and was like, fine, if someone is there, make the lights flicker twice, or something like that. And, to my surprise, it did it on command. However, I never asked more questions as I didn't want to get involved with whatever that was. But it kept going and I heard footsteps on several occasions in the hall. A shadow figure came up from behind me, another scream one night and something touched my hand at one point too. In fact, there was so much activity occurring that I kept a journal on my phone of the time and the dates of these occurrences to see if I was crazy or not. And after about a month, I was pretty ticked off and started badmouthing whatever it was when I was in the basement. And instantly regretted it. As soon as the final words escaped my lips, I just felt an immense burning sensation on my hip, under my clothing. I pulled my clothing away and was greeted by a scratch running about five inches, starting at my hip and ending just above my mid-thigh. 
Then, about two days later, at about 1.30 again, I was asleep in my room and heard the papers on my desk just start rustling and moving around as if someone was going through my stuff. My first instinct is that it was my kitten, who is extremely mischievous, so I looked over. But again, there was just no one there. I roll over into my stomach and look at my tomcat who is on the bed with me and he is looking wide-eyed behind me and starts to puff up like one of those Halloween decorations and then a low growl comes from his throat. I was about to speak to him when I feel what felt like two hands on my shoulder blades and a pressure on my lower back like when someone sits on you. It honestly felt as if one of my friends was sitting on me after we tussled or something. My first thought was, am I experiencing sleep paralysis or something? I've never had sleep paralysis, but my mum definitely has it. And that was when I realised that I was definitely awake and was even able to move. So it couldn't be sleep paralysis. Instinctively, I start trying to thrash around and get whoever is on top of me off. Whatever it was though wouldn't let me up off of my stomach, so I was swinging my arms wildly behind me. And this is when my arm struck the area above my back, and I just felt the most intense cold feeling as if I just plunged my arm into an ice bath or something. However, this somehow got whatever it was off of me, and I instantly flipped myself over to sit up and look around, and there's nothing. It was at this time that my cat started to calm down again, but neither of us went back to sleep that night for obvious reasons. It was later that day where I felt the same burning sensation as a few days prior on my other hip and an almost complete cut was on my leg. Strangely enough too, it was completely identical in placement and length as the previous one. But this time, whatever did this actually drew blood. And it was at this point that I had had enough and I took every kind of measure that I could to keep this thing at bay. Luckily, this seemed to stop it and we actually moved out two months later or so. But whatever was there didn't follow me to my new house and I've been able to live two years without these experiences and be at peace. There are times where I wonder what that thing was and wonder what it wanted. Did it only want to hurt? Was it trying to do something else? I don't know and even with this curiosity, I, I don't want to find out. Was I going insane? Was it all just in my head? From what I heard, a new family lives there now, and I wonder if they've experienced anything like I did. Also, please feel free to ask me questions if you guys want, because I would like to discuss this with people if they wish to. Thanks for listening. So last year was a really busy year for me meaning that I had pretty much no time to date or meet any girls. Due to my busy schedule, I decided to make a Tinder account. I've never had any experience with such app or online dating, and I didn't actually plan on meeting up with a random girl to go on a blind date or anything. I just wanted to see what all the fuss was about and if it actually worked. So, the app still being something new to me, I matched up with this really pretty girl. She seemed short, light-skinned, and had a really nice smile. Her account wasn't a catfish of any sort or fake profile. It seemed genuine and legit. I know at the time that I don't actually want to hit it off with this girl in this manner, but she was pretty hot, and I said, screw it. So I slid into her DMs with a simple, hey, and a couple of hours went by, and we got each other's Snapchat users and phone numbers and whatnot. We exchanged Snapchat photos and I was confident that there was no way that her Tinder account was a fake. I felt better too knowing that for some reason. She said that she lived in the city that was about 25 to 30 miles north of mine. I also had nothing planned for the next day and neither did she so we decided to meet up at her house the next day to mess around. So the next day came by and we planned to meet up at around 10.30 the neighbouring city where she was from was about a 30-45 to 45 minute drive from my place, so around 10pm-ish I'd say, I decided that I should start driving over. As I'm driving over, I get a phone call though from her telling me to instead to come over at a later time, around midnight. 
To be honest with you, I didn't really mind since I have friends who lived in her city, so I paid them a visit while I waited for her. 11.45pm rolled by and I started to drive to her place. My friends didn't know what I was up to, but they just thought that I popped in to visit them randomly. And so, this girl sends me her address and at the first address that she had sent me, led me to this upper class suburban neighbourhood. I reached the address and it was close to what I would describe as pretty much a white mansion. I called her to tell her that I was parked on her driveway and I asked her to come outside so that I could assure myself that I was at the right place. But then she said, I don't see you, are you sure you followed the directions? Well, to avoid any more stuff ups, she just sent me her current location through iMessage. At first, I kind of found it odd, but I followed the directions to the location anyway. Midnight rolled by and I was on my way to her current location, which was actually kind of far off from the address that she had originally sent me. And as I'm driving, the directions are telling me to drive off the path and onto a dirt road surrounded by cornfields. This obviously spooked me a little because I was now in the middle of nowhere and I was about 10 minutes away from any civilization. Red flags started to go off in my head, but I ignored them because, well, there was no way that her account could have been set up like that. I mean, I had seen pictures of her on Snapchat, and you can't Photoshop those as far as I'm aware. So, after driving through a really dark road through the cornfields, the directions led me to a broken down old house. It honestly looked completely uninhabitable. There were no cars outside or in the driveway. The only light that I saw on was the porch light and I called this girl to tell her that I was outside. She replies with, okay I'll be right out. On a side note too, I'm a pretty big dude and I train every day. I'm not intimidated by pretty much anyone but there are some situations where you're pretty much helpless and have no option but to evade for the fear of your life. So, I'm waiting by my car and then I see this figure come out from the door and it was dressed like a, like a nun. Black veil, long black dress, voodoo charms and she's also holding a voodoo doll on her left hand. I was pretty spooked out but I honestly thought that it was just a prank. I gave it a few seconds for the camera to pop up but the person just stood there. And it was at this point that... I slowly started to realize that this was not a prank because a few seconds later I saw another figure in a similar black outfit peeking out of the door and then starting to make a run towards me with a machete. I didn't even bother trying to fight back because I knew that I was probably going to end up gutted or skinned alive by these psychos. I immediately jumped into my car and floor at the hell out of there and then I heard a gunshot a few seconds later behind me. I'm in my car screaming prayers with tears in my eyes because I was hoping to drive away with my life at this point and then her number kept calling me as soon as I left. I blocked it and then another number started to call me and I blocked that as well. Eventually I got away and calmed myself down and I ended up staying over at my friend's house that night. I explained everything that took place and he wanted to go and check it out together with our group of friends but I was just too terrified to even go back there. Yes, I did call the police and they went to check it out but the place was abandoned by the time that they got there. But they ended up saying that the address has been vacant for years and that they simply made a report out of it and whoever they were, they were never found. The whole thing was a sick setup to begin with and the girl was planning on luring me so that they could do god knows what to me. I deleted my Tinder account after that and I'm pretty sure it works if you're only looking to get laid but I somehow had the worst luck the first time that I ever decided to use it. My advice, don't ever meet a stranger somewhere that isn't public because things can really go downhill quickly. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.